Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by Coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Wake up, West Georgia. It's Tom for your favorite morning podcast. It is the Morning Five for Wednesday, June 15th, 2022. And it is brought to you by the Perry and Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today. But hey, life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Perry and Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. Bryce, again, we've come to one of those days that I'm just not here for. Just not here for. That's just not yeah, for I'm, me. I'm with you. I'm with you on that one, man. It's National Prune Day. Ugh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, mm-hmm. thank you. I now I have never had prunes. Have you? Yeah. I, I've had prune juice, but I've never had like I've never eaten actual prunes, and I don't I don't believe I will be eating any actual prunes anytime soon. That uh, that does not sound like something I would enjoy. Yeah. Like, no just, thanks. I don't know. Not not a not a big fan of that. I, maybe people eat that. Maybe that's a. Do you eat it as a, as a dessert or as, as a snack? How do you eat prunes? How do you how the hell do you even fix prunes? I don't know, man. I don't know, uh, and I don't I don't want any party of it. Nope, nope. nope, nope. <laughs> Just a hard pass. Hard hard pass. Yeah, it's a Italian with a lot of the sweets. So eh, we're we're aligned on this one. Yeah, no prunes for me. No prunes in this house, please. You know who's not drinking prune juice right now? Who is not dr- drinking prune juice right now? Brian Snicker. I don't that know. Man, Snicker's kind of old. He might be drinking some prune juice. He doesn't need to because <laughs> I promise you, he's not worrying about anything right now. The Braves beat the Nationals again last night, ten to four. Pushes the win streak up to thirteen games, thirteen in a row. At this point, I'd be more surprised if they didn't win, honestly, the way they're playing. It's amazing. Max Free didn't have his best stuff, but was pretty effective still. Five and two-thirds innings, four earned, six Ks, and honestly, the four earned was after he came out of the game, or most of them were after he came out of the game. Yep, left a couple on base, got pulled. A lot of the hits he gave up last night weren't even, like, hard hits. There were very soft hits that just found gaps and landed in places with people on base. So, yeah, definitely definitely not his best night, but effective enough to get the win. So, I'm not going to complain about that. The, the quote-unquote battle between uh, Little D and uh, Billy Bats right now is something I'm here for, Bryce. Uh, Darno, again, led the way with three RBIs, another bomb last night. Uh, Michael Harris Jr. had two RBIs, including his second home run. Swanson Ozuna had an RBI, and Arcia had two RBIs. I mean, just and Darno got hit in the nuts. Yes, yes, he did. <laughs> I felt bad for him. I felt really, really bad for him. And I love how the broadcast will just be like, "Oh, it's a sensitive area." No, it's the freaking nuts. Yeah, he got he got hit right in the nards there, guys. We can we can say you know. Balls, testicles, nuts, whatever you want to say on the broadcast. Sensitive area just sounds weird and gross. Like, 
I would rather hear the broadcast be like, dude, that my ball just knocked up and hit him in the scrope <laughs> instead of, oh, it hit him. It hit him in a very sensitive area. <laughs> like that sounds creepy, dude. Like. A sensitive area just sounds super creepy. I don't know why. It just sounds very, very weird. Uh, yeah, it was, that was odd. But I think I had to watch that on replay uh, because we were we were recording track talk last night when that happened, which will be coming out today. Yep. Set a reminder and everything for it, so I won't uh, won't sit in my computer for three days while I'm too busy at work to, <laughs> to actually post it. So it will be posted today. Yes. But Michael Harris Jr., dude, he just keeps producing. Lil D just keeps producing. This offense right now is insane. The Braves have won 13 straight games, the longest winning streak by a defending World Series champion since 1954. And I would love to see what the most home runs hit by one team in a three-game series is in the MLB uh, because the Braves right now are sitting at 10 versus the Nats. And you would assume that it's sort of going to increase tonight, I would hope. The Atlanta record, they were mentioning this last night on the broadcast, the Atlanta record is 11. Oh, we're definitely beating that. In a three-game series. We're beating that. We're definitely beating that. Shoot, we've almost beat that in two games. So, yeah. Hopefully, I wonder wonder uh, what the MLB record is. I'll see if I can find that after the pod today. I don't know. Uh, I bet it's somewhere somewhere 18-ish, you'd think. Probably somewhere around there. Half of them were ground rule doubles that were hit in the 1920s. <laughs> Probably by the Yankees. <laughs> um, rookie Michael Harris went three for five and hit his second homer in as many nights on Tuesday. In his past seven games, Harris, who's MLB's youngest player, is 11 for 26, with, which is a 423 batting average, with cool. three doubles, a triple, two bombs, two stolen bases, six RBIs, and an 846 slugging percentage. That's not up OPS. That's an 846 slugging. We're going just... to pass it over to the judges real quick. Billy, judges, is that good? All right, we're getting four thumbs up over there from the judges. That is good. Those are good stats from, from a baseball player. Those are good. Four thumbs up. Marquise Tristan was a pretty decent center fielder, right, when he was with us? Yeah, yeah, very good. Caught, very good. Caught the uh, final out of the... Ne- 95 World Series. Braves Marquise legend, Tr- you, would, you would go to say, maybe? Yeah, probably? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Marquise Christom on Michael Harris. All I can say as a former player is, he's different. All the great players, they're different. That's what Michael Harris is. He's different. It, it's one Whoa. thing for us to see this production on the field, and us fans to see him on TV, be like, this guy's good, this kid's talented, he's great. We've said that about a lot of people who have not panned out. I said that about Frenchie. Um, but it's something else for these guys that have been around the game for their entire lives. Marquise Grissom is a is a you know a Braves legend, a huge part of the 90s here, played baseball his entire life. For him to say stuff like this about Michael Harris, that's when you know you've, you've gotten something special. And the fact that we could see Michael Harris and Acuna roaming the outfield for a long, long time in a Braves uniform together, man, I, that makes me so excited because they could be they could be the one-two punch that the Joneses were, you know, uh, back in the late '90s, early 2000s. So I'm I'm excited for that. I, I I'm so excited for this kid. I am too. I mean, and we mentioned this last night. Just the fact that Michael Harris is hitting ninth right in front of Acuna, which 
Acuna had a terrible night last night. <laughs> you get those. It it's, happens. It's baseball. But yeah, it happens. Having having Harris hit in front of, of Acuna and Dansby just makes that lineup turn over, and it's so much better. I love it. I love every part of it. There's there's no really weak links in our lineup, and I mean, even when you saw Azu- uh, um, uh, Ozzy go out last night with a broken foot and Arcia came in to replace him, Arcia had two RBIs today, or last night. So, yeah. I, I mean, and he I mean, hit a bomb. He, yeah, he, Ozzy goes down, who's kind of a key cog in that lineup. Arcia comes in, and they just kind of keep plodding along. So, th- this we said it earlier in this year, I think on paper, this is the most talented Braves team that I can remember. Um, I know some of those 90s teams were really talented. I know some of those early 2000s teams were really talented. But on paper, for what I can remember, this this is the most talented Braves team we've ever had in Atlanta from, from what I can remember. And the funny thing was you didn't think Ozzy would go out with a fractured foot, and you couldn't have seen Michael Harris being called up. So that's this is what is insane about this the Braves just continue to retool and and develop and it's just it's so nice got a lot of bullets in the chamber man it's great to have you've got to finish off the AFC South here let's get to the Tennessee Titans yeah we got to finish off the South and start the East we're going to go ahead and start with the Titans the Titans look to build off a year that saw them as the number one overall seed in the AFC which they accomplished even after King Henry went down for a significant time Great coaching job by Vrabes to, A, get them in the playoffs, period. Uh, but to have them as the number one seed, really, really good job by Vrabes and that entire team coming together after that injury. Um, the offense this year needs to be more balanced than last year. Last year saw them finish near the bottom in passing yards, but they did finish in the top in the NFL in rushing yards per game. So that's good, and that's kind of expected when you have that type of backfield. Um, Tannehill and the receivers will need to bump up the passing numbers if they hope to get out of the middle of the pack and scoring offense. Uh, Rushing offense is great. You need that. You need the balance, but you also need your passing game to be there when you need to score, and football is all about scoring, so you got to score. Outside of Austin Hooper and Robert Woods, Tannehill's weapons really seem bleak. Traylon Burks is somebody who probably has a lot of promise, but he hasn't shown it on the football field yet. He's going to be the wide receiver, too. And Nick Westbrook-Akine is the wide receiver three there. So, I mean, Traylon Burks is a good name. Robert Woods, he's he's kind of up or down. Austin Hooper's pretty solid. Um, it's going to be a tall task for Tannehill, and that's even if Tannehill is the starting quarterback in, in Tennessee this year. There have been a lot of rumors that Tannehill might lose his starting job. Uh, Malik Willis apparently is – turning a lot of heads in, in OTAs, which are, which they're in now, mandatory minicamp. Uh, I'd be pretty shocked if if that happened. I'd be pretty shocked if Tannehill lost his job, but Malik Willis might be charging. Uh, young young quarterback there looking for, a, uh, looking for a spot. And they also added Hassan Haskins in the draft this year uh, to kind of bolster that running back room. But I'm just not – I'm not sure if they have enough weapons on the outside to, to bump those passing numbers up. Uh, the Titans do look to bring back a defense that was top five in the AFC in total yards per game, fourth in scoring defense, and fourth in interceptions. So that is something nice that you can hang your hat on if that offense isn't producing at the clip you think it should be. Uh, you do have a top five defense in the AFC. Uh, the Titans have the 21st hardest schedule in the NFL. They're ranked 11th in the preseason power rankings, and I believe they will go 9-8 and eight this year. 
Titans are just, it's one of those teams that it, forgive me if I'm wrong here because, and I probably am, but the Tennessee Titans kind of remind me of the early 2000 uh, Steelers. They just have a really good, or a solid running back, a good defense, and, and just that's that's how they play. Is based on the on those is the the, the solid run game in the in the defense. So, um, yep. and a really good coach. What it is? Yeah, ground and pound, play defense, and I mean it's not. You know, I don't want to say that type of football isn't effective in the NFL anymore, but you're probably not going to win a Super Bowl doing that. You're going to make it to the playoffs. You're probably going to win your division. Um, because that's tried and true, but you got to sling the football around if you want to win the Super Bowl at some point. Yeah, and is Tannehill really the answer there? I think he's a good quarterback, but I don't know if he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Um, a team that does have a Super Bowl winning quarterback, Billy, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they they are the most complete team in the NFL, in my opinion, and they look to build off of what was one of the most successful seasons Buffalo's had since, I, I don't know, ever, possibly. Uh, this team has some of the most promise they've ever had uh, outside of losing four Super Bowls in a row that sort of span there uh, this Bills team Bills were kind of the laughing stock of the NFL when I was growing up and now they are the toast of the town top five quarterback Josh Allen is back at the helm and will have a litany of weapons at his disposal Stefan Diggs Gabriel Davis and Jamison Crowder will be wide receiver one through three Dawson Knox will be at the tight end and in the backfield you have uh, Devin Singletary and the new running back they added through the draft, James Cook, who I believe will split time. I think James Cook will get a lot of playing time. Uh, I think they'll find some interesting ways to use James Cook because of the offense the Buffalo Bills run. They run a very fast-paced offense where they want to get as many plays crammed into a game as they possibly can, so you need fresh bodies while you're doing that. And, I mean, also in that running back room is Zach Moss and Duke Johnson. So that's one of the deepest running back rooms in the NFL. You'll probably see Zach Moss and Duke Johnson flexed out wide or in the backfield on third downs or something like that. So Josh Allen is going to have just a cornucopia of people to throw to, hand it off to, uh, a lot of offensive weapons there. The Bills' defense too, Billy, probably the best in the NFL. Probably the best in the NFL. And they also added Von Miller this offseason. Who's that? Uh, pretty Pretty good defense player. Pretty decent defense player. One of the top, probably top five in the NFL. Uh, so these stats were before Von Miller was added this offseason. Last year, they were first in yards given up per game, so the least yards given up per game. First in total points scored per game, so they gave up the least amount of points. And they were seventh in overall turnover margin. That was before adding wow. Von Miller to this team. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> this this team is good. I mean, this team, this team is scary good. They are the most complete team in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, I, I really like I really like watching them play. I mean, adding Keir Elam and Micah Hyde as well this offseason, this, this defense is just going to get better. Buffalo has the 18th hardest schedule in the NFL. They're ranked first in the preseason power rankings, uh, and they should be. I believe they'll go either 13-4 and four or 14-3, and three, and I believe they will be in the Super Bowl when it's all said and done. I don't know if they're going to win it, but I think they will be – in the Super Bowl, I think they will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl this year. All right, well, good. That is, I'm hanging my hat on the Buffalo Bills this year. That is, that's my dog. That's your dog. That's my dog. All right, let's get let's get to the Marine South scoreboard, Bryce. You were able to watch a little bit of the Atlanta United game. I was focused on the Braves game last night, but Atlanta United was 
was showing some promise on, on the offensive side of the ball. Attack looked great, and I think that's what Gonzalo Pineda is going to have to mold this team into right now, unless we see who we bring in in the transfer window when it opens up July 1st. We want to bring in some defenders. Defense looked terrible last night. Uh, Rios Novo looked fine in goal. Um, didn't look great, didn't look bad. Looked better than Timothy Shuttlecock. Uh, so I think he'll be our goalkeeper going forward, but the offense, or the uh, the attack just looked looked insane. I mean, you saw Joseph score, you saw Dom Dwyer score. Everybody was moving, everybody was attacking, everybody was fluid. It was great to see. I know it was the American Legion Insurance House Open Metal Bowl Cup or whatever the stupid name for it was. But <laughs> hey, it's it's a game, and when you go out there and you play a game, regardless of, of the meaning or anything, you want to win. You know, you want to win, no matter if it was a stupid made up Mega Bowl Trophy Cup thing or a friendly or whatever it was. You want to win. Winning's better than losing, and they won last night, three to two. Um, defense would still looked leaky, but that offense looked insanely potent. And the U.S. men's national team also played last night. Uh, they drew with El Salvador 1-1. Um, so, have you seen – did you see the field conditions that they played in in El Salvador, mm, Billy? No. Uh, it was essentially a mud field. I'll, have to, I'll send you a picture of it uh, when we're done. But it was essentially a mud field. It was terrible looking. All right, games and events tonight. The battle for Lordo begins tonight. Lordo. Bolts versus Avalanche. Uh, Bryce, your thoughts before the series starts? Hey, I put my money on the Bolts uh, last series when the Eastern Conference Finals or whatever hockey calls it. Uh, game four or five of the Eastern Conference Finals, I put my money on, Lord, on uh, the Bolts to lift Lordo again back to back to back. Uh, the Avs are really good, man. I think they are the best team I've seen. They're, they're better than Tampa Bay, but uh, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go against the Bolts. I put my money on the Bolts. I'm going to stick with the Bolts. Go Bolts. Matt Ridgway and I had this conversation on the way home yesterday. Um, it, it all comes down to goaltending for me. Uh, and right now, you know, Kemper is, for, for Colorado, he was injured last, the uh, last series. How is he going to act in goal after his injury? Uh, is he going to still play as well as as he has? The Avalanche have, up until today, had eight days off since her last game. So, Whoa. what was what was your stat about uh, um, uh, people sweeping and then playing in a series the next time? Uh, oh, that was that was game set. That was, that was sweeps versus game sevens. Um, the the sweep, oh. yeah. That was the, they had the other team had to be in a game seven. Uh, oh, okay. I don't know what it would be. They beat them in what? Bolts beat them in six. Six. Yep. I don't know what I don't know what that stat is. I don't have that. But one. it's been it's been eight games, <laughs> eight eight days since the Avalanche last played. Uh, so yeah, is that good or I'm bad? Thinking, you know, that's it's hard to tell. You know, I I'm always for more rest. But then again, when you've been away from, you can train as much as you want, but but when you've been away from game speed for that long, it's got to take a toll, right? Right. I I think so. And but here's the benefit for Colorado: they are playing in Colorado, which is higher altitude. You're gonna have to deal with that. So the Bolts are gonna have to play with that. So we'll see how how it goes tonight. I think the Bolts win game one. Um, It'd be hard to pick against them, but I, I don't know, man. It's, it's so good. It's I'm just happy. The, I'm just happy to watch hockey again. Like I'm just so happy to. 
I just I hope this goes to... seven. I know Matt Ridgway <laughs> wants it, you know, probably four, just a sweep by the bolts. Yeah, I hope this goes seven. All right, uh, Bryce, you need another cup of coffee? Let's do it. I need it. Hey, man. All right, so a couple things that you don't have on the um, the sheet. Jalen Johnson and um, Bogey Bogdanovich both had uh, offseason procedures done. Uh, Jalen should be ready for training camp, while Bogey should be ready for the beginning of the season. Does that change anything for you as far as you think that Schlenk and company will be uh, getting rid of these players? No, I don't. I don't think so. I'm. I know there's some rules about you can't trade injured players in the NBA, but I don't know if surgeries fall into that same category. I don't believe they do. Um, no, I'll be interested to see what Schlenk does with this roster. I think the only person that we know for sure is not gone is. Uh, Trey, and then I'm not sure about DeAndre Hunter. He just re-signed a contract. I know when you sign a free agent, he isn't technically be he can't be traded until after half of the year or a certain amount of days. Um, I'm not sure if that same stipulation holds for re-signing, uh, but it'll be interesting to see what Schlink does because I think the starting lineup we have next year will be vastly different from the one we had this year. So my question is, did did they re-sign DeAndre Hunter? We saw that I one report. I can't find numbers or years. I can't find anything from anyone else that outside of that one report that you posted. Yeah, like at I all. can't. I can't find. I can't find numbers, um, or anything. And that seemed really weird. I was trying to find numbers last night. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what was. I don't know what was up with that. It also, they're expected to retain DeAndre Hunter in a long term deal while shipping others away but no numbers all right also the um the hawks promoted assistant gm to the gm position which and we talked about that yesterday did we yeah yeah landry fields oh my mind's shot dude that's <laughs> i do need another cup of coffee the, you need another cup of coffee the heat is melting your brain Good lord. <laughs> All right. Uh, two more accusers have stepped forward against uh, Deshaun Watson. It, guys, when oh, there man. is when there is smoke, there's fire. This this has gotten ridiculous. This it's is, now run up bad. to 26 yeah. accusers now. Just, I mean, and if they if they did all of these trials concurrently because they are civil trials, I was uh, thought they were talking about it the other day somewhere i don't remember where but they said if they ran all these trials concurrent or back to back to back to back because you can't run them at the same time to clear all of these trials up would take over two years good lord yeah so it's what a mess man absolute mess the u.s open is this weekend and a lot of coverage has been especially past couple of days because of media has been on the uh liv tour guys Justin Thomas had some thoughts, and uh, <laughs> here they are. Yeah, you know, it's it's a, it's a bummer. I mean, I think a lot of us are, I don't know if annoyed or tired is the right way. I mean, it's, it's just one of those things. Um, I mean, I've thought a lot about it, and it's like, look, like people are entitled to choose as they wish. You know, it's like I don't dislike DJ now. I don't think he's a bad dude. I don't. I'm not going to treat him any differently. It's like he's entitled to choose as he wish. And I think that the day and age that we live in now, 
it's just so negative that, I mean, you see it in everything, you know, sport, politics, whatever it is. It's like if you disagree with someone, you just feel that you're entitled to, like, hate them and talk bad about them and just bash their decision when everybody's entitled to their own opinion. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't, like I said, doesn't make him a bad person. Now, I'm, I'm disappointed and I wish that he and others wouldn't have done it, but that's their decision, you know. Uh, I've said it all along. It's like guys can do as they wish. If they want to go, they can go. If they want to stay, they can stay. Selfishly, I think and I know that the PGA Tour is the, is the best place to play in the world. And, um, you know, it's just the, the, the decision is theirs. And uh, it is what it is, but I just I wish that it would take away – or I wish it wouldn't be taking away from the great storylines and things that are going on on a tour that's been around for a very long time and can, and is in the one of the best places it's ever been. And, um, it, you know, it's just a bummer that those guys won't be a part of it. Yeah, and he's essentially saying, I mean, it, you know, I still like these guys. I'm still friends with Dustin Johnson. I'm not going to hate him just because he went over to the LIV. And, you know, it's, it's a business decision for them. He still believes the PGA Tour is the – most prominent tour on the planet for golfing um i thought that was a good answer i i thought he you know said said it was their decision it was up to them i'm not going to hate them because they made the decision and whatever whatever tournaments they play in with the pga tour you know, I'll, I'll treat them like my friends like i always have but i'm staying on the pga tour because it is the best one jt with a very tiger woods-esque answer very 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 tiger woods-esque uh, the Panthers and Browns continue Baker Mayfield trade conversation. Uh, Carolina now has uh, urgency. Uh, yeah, for Carolina. It. Carolina wanted to bring Baker in uh, so he could get some PT with the team for minicamp or, or o- mandatory OTAs or whatever they're in right now. Um, I think the Panthers only have like two or three days left of that camp. So if I, I don't know, it was very weird. It's very weird timing. So. I think I think Baker will be traded to Carolina when I don't know what the stipulations will be. I also don't know. Um, but once again, I've said it before, the NFC South is going to have three former Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks and then some bum that was drafted in the fifth round or whatever of the draft he was drafted in. <laughs> yeah, one, 199th overall. What a bum. <laughs> Major League Soccer announces yesterday, along with uh, Apple, that they have signed a 10-year media rights deal uh, worth $250 million per Shoo. year. Holy smokes. Per year. I saw a lot of people <laughs> complaining about this, and uh, I, I guess You're I was... one of them. I, I, I was before I figured out that local broadcasts will not be affected, which... I'm all that. I, that's great. Local broadcast not affected. Cool, sweet. That was what I was most worried about. Was that Bally Sports uh, and 92.9 would not be able to carry the games because the Apple thing has exclusive rights. That is not the case. Um, it's just like the MLB Network. MLB Network plays out of market games for you. You can watch those, but it doesn't affect the local games, um, which I'm all for. Great, awesome. That's fantastic. You're making the product available for more people around the world. Uh, and this is also, they will carry all the MLS games, so you won't have to flip over to Paramount Plus to watch one, uh, Peacock to watch another, and then some other weird one to watch U.S. Open games or something goofy like that. All in one place, everything is there. Um, I mean, that's good if you're a Seattle, if you're, if you're an Atlanta United fan that lives in Seattle, or you're a Seattle Sounders fan that lives in Atlanta, uh, you'll be able to pay for this and watch every single one of your team's games. I think that's great, and I think the best part about this is it's not interrupting and it's not affecting the local broadcast rights. So good on good on the MLS. 
Yeah, I'm I'm okay with it, honestly. I mean, let's let's hope that they can. Um, what I've seen in the past, what they've done with Major League Baseball, their their broadcast with Major League Baseball, their cameras just are better. It's just weird, man. Like, really? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So, let's th- let's how hope much that is they Apple TV do... Plus? Do you know? I think it's either five dollars or ten dollars a month. I can't that's, remember. That's not bad. I might, I might pick that up after I cancel Netflix. They've got some really good original broadcasts or original programming. Honestly, like well, some of got, their, mo- their series are really good. They got Ted Lasso, which is one of my favorite shows on right now. It's hilarious. It's fantastic, and I can't wait for the next season to start. It's great. All right. Finally, in two thousand one, the on today in two thousand one. The NBA Finals, Los Angeles Lakers beat the Philadelphia 76ers 186 in Game 5 to win back-to-back titles. Your MVP, some guy named Shaquille O'Neal, I believe. I believe it was O'Neal, I believe it was Greek. For the second straight year. One of my favorite NBA Finals because I was a huge Allen Iverson fan. I loved watching him operate versus Kobe. Didn't go my way. I was pulling for the 76ers, but it was in a very, very entertaining series. Kobe versus AI, one of the one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. You got anything else? Nah, I'm good, man. Let's, uh, let's end this podcast so I can go outside and enjoy this beautiful, brisk June morning. I mean, the, the heat index is only probably 108 right now, so... Yeah, guys, uh, stay stay safe today. It's supposed to be, I think, 95, 96 as the high with the heat index of in the hundreds again. Woo-hoo, woo-hoo. Yeah, we're going to be between 105 and 110 heat index today at the peak. So, yeah. Yippee. Yippee. All right, for Honestly, Bryce Burling, I, I, I hate where uh, I hate I'm working. I'd rather go to the I'd rather go to the pool and just hang out. <laughs> no joke, dude. For Bryce Parling, I'm Billy Lindahl. We will talk to you all tomorrow, same time, same place. Shake your neighbors! Just shake them! Shake your neighbors!